Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. Hello and welcome to the Dearly Discarded podcast. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you on another episode of the Dearly Discarded podcast. If you have been listening uh, regularly, uh, you'll know that uh, React 19, of course, is the um, uh, the the body of amazing people behind this show that are trying to get these stories out uh, into the public consciousness so that Things like what has happened uh, with the vaccines, what has happened with a variety of other things surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic and so on, um, are exposed to as many people as possible so that we can avoid these things in the future. Um, If you're not familiar with React 19, please go to react19.org and make yourself familiar. They're an amazing organization run by amazing people, and frankly, they need your support. And, And if you are able to support them financially, that's great. If that's not in the cards, uh, you can support them by sharing this podcast, sharing their uh, reels on on uh, social media, uh, following them on Rumble and places like that as well. So we certainly would love that support for Dearly Discarded Podcast. You may have also heard me discuss something new that we're doing on this podcast and that React 19 is is uh, putting some focus into, and that is the bereavement side of uh, these vaccines. It isn't just injury, although that's been our primary focus moving forward, but it is also death that can occur from these things. My next guest, her name is Liz Brown, and uh, we're going to discuss what has happened in her life and what happened to her husband, Daniel, uh, due to the COVID-19 vaccines. Liz, welcome to the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I know these conversations can't be easy to have, uh, but I also know that having these conversations is vital because we have to raise the public awareness and consciousness. So I greatly appreciate you taking your time to do this with me and get this story out. Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your husband, maybe before we get into what happened. Sure. Um, I would like to start, though, thanking React 19, Bree Dressen, Julia Marks, Hedy Simonis. I think without them, I would not have found a path forward after my husband passed away. They're an amazing group of ladies, and the organization is really a lifesaver. Um, Hetty and I will be uh, starting a chapter, the bereavement chapter, that will be on the React 19 platform. We're hoping to help those who have lost loved ones to the vaccine. Um, And I think that I'll interrupt really quickly. I think that's so critical. Like I said, uh, with this podcast anyway, up through uh, every episode up until we did Hetty's episode, um, it had all been people who I was speaking to who had specifically been injured by the vaccines, but, you know, the injuries were their own. Um, Unfortunately, that's not the extent 
of the damage that's been done. We also have cases like Hetty's and like yours. And, and I believe that that information needs to get out there as well. So oh. again, thanks for, for doing this podcast, but also for heading up that uh, really, really important aspect of what React 19 is doing as an organization. Yes, it's very important. Thank you. Um, so my husband, Daniel Brown, I'll tell you about him. Um, and there's going to be a couple tears coming in here. So um, bear with me. Um, he was larger than life. You know, he would drop, he was one of those guys that would drop anything, you know, to help a family member, a friend, a neighbor, or a stranger. If you measure a man by the number of his friends, he would fill a stadium. But, you know, he's, he also didn't want any acknowledgments or accolades. You know, he flew under the wire, radar. Um, he was the love of my life. We had three beautiful children together. On October 30th, 2021, I lost him, and then my children lost their father. His life was lost to a vicious disease called HLH that was triggered by the Pfizer COVID vaccine. His illness began almost immediately after his vaccinations. The ensuing six months were an agonizing journey in and out of hospitals and a medical community that ran the gamut of poor to bewilderment. His disease was not diagnosed until a few months prior to his death. It was only toward the end that the doctors acknowledged that the vaccine was the causative factor for the HLH. So they actually, you actually do have it documented that they believe the vaccine was responsible. Yes. That's really Correct. interesting. It's so rare to be able to get anybody in the medical profession to really acknowledge this, but you said it wasn't until the very end. How long was he ill? My husband went into the hospital, um, April, May through the end of June was home for a month and a half, went back in in September and passed away at the end of October. Okay. Six yeah. months. You know, it was a long road. He had every test under the sun done to him. They were looking for lymphoma you know, cancer, because they didn't know what was wrong with him. And he was, he was just dying, you know, um, and he, he was clear on every PET scan, every bone marrow. And that's when they realized, you know, the, it, he, they diagnosed him with HLH, but either you're born with that or secondary. And he, the trigger was the vaccine because you just don't get it something tr had to trigger certainly not suddenly right no well, during the process at what point did did you suspect that perhaps it was the vaccine was it right away because it happened so quickly after yeah. vaccination okay. correct absolutely yeah i mean there was a human condition it was night and day and what's the uh what was the process of trying to convince doctors that that might be what was going on. I mean, was, was that a challenging yeah. aspect of this? In the beginning it was certainly. Um, but you know, there was no other reason and it was too immediate. It just, you know, what else could it possibly be? And they tested him. Honestly, I, I want to say he had 15 to 20 tests. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were same and very invasive tests. And he was, you know, very low platelet count at that time. You know, he was getting blood transfusions platelet transfusions and he was like they were just 
pricking him everywhere, trying to figure out what it was. And then they finally did come to the conclusion that the vaccine caused the HLH. But when they determined that, they didn't feel like there was anything that could be done? He was being treated for HLH, okay. yes, that he got home for about a month. Um, but it came, it, you know, and it's such a vicious disease that the ex life expectancy is quite short. Um, and he was doing really well. And then all of a sudden it came back um, and he was rushed to the hospital. He was intubated. And that's the last day in the hospital. He was there for a month hmm. and he just passed. His heart stopped. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's horrifying, uh, to say the least. And you say that it happened right away. Um, was it after just one dose or did he have a second dose or what happened? He had both doses of okay. the vaccine. The first dose, um, about four days later, and that was in April, he was lost his, um, he lost kind of um, cognitive thinking. He couldn't put words together. He was slurring his sentences. He didn't know what the dryer was in the house. So he was rushed to the hospital. They believe he had a TIA at that time, but was advised to get the second vaccine. He did. And then five days later, he came down with night sweats, fever. He had enlarged spleen, lymph nodes, low platelet count, like everything. It happened four days after the second shot. So in both cases, in about half a week, uh, he started having yeah. issues with it. Four for to five. Three or four days. Correct. Uh, um, when when you discovered or decide, determined, at least on your own, prior to the doctors uh, acknowledging this, um, did you file a, a report? Did you uh, look at VARES? Did you even know that VARES existed at that point? W what was the process in terms of trying to figure this all out? Sure. Um, well, I was beside myself because no one knew what was wrong with him, you know, so then you just become a doctor and you look into everything under the sun. So I called the FDA, I called the CDC, I went on the VAERS. I, um, he has four VAERS reports. Um, two of them you can see, two of them you cannot. And I was going to touch on this later. The report that, um, identifies that he passed away, you cannot see publicly. But but it should be public, right? It's just hidden. Agreed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was received a condolence letter, which I could read to you. Um, and it basically says, we're keeping this for government information. Because I asked him, why, are you, why can't I see his VAERS report? So if you'd like, I could read to you what they wrote to me. If you don't mind, I think that would be interesting yeah. for people to hear. <laughs> email. I just printed the email. Okay. So this is a, the title is a condolence letter. Thank you for contacting the advert, vaccine adverse event reporting system. Thank you for taking the time to file the report. VAERS data available to the public include only the initial report data to VAERS. Updated data, which contains data from medical records and corrections reported during the follow-up are used by the government for analysis. However, for numerous reasons, including data consistency, these amended data are not available to the public. So his death, his and there was a, another report prior to that when he went back into the hospital. Okay. No one will see. I, you know, 
So it's just, and I've asked him why I, you know, this is my husband. He passed away. Why is this data not available? And I've gotten no response. So is that the extent of the response that you've had is the letter that you just wrote or read? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then let me ask you this. This is a question I always ask to every single guest on this show. And if the answers are oftentimes similar, but I'm always curious what people are thinking. This is not an easy interview for you. Um, we discussed before you came on air that it would be, you know, potentially challenging, uh, because it's such an incredibly emotional topic. Um, but yet you're doing it anyway. What, why do you want to share this story? Why does it matter that people hear this? Um, I think it's extremely important that my husband and the names of people like him are remembered and memorialized for if they are not, they will be relegated to at best a statistical population or at worst, an unnamed symptom footnoted in a medical journal. They deserve far more. Our deceased and vaccine injured were soldiers of a war, a war against a COVID virus. Unfortunately, you know, con unlike conventional war where those who go to fight are general, generally aware of the risks, our loved ones were completely unaware of the vaccine risks. It was proposed as safe and effective. With the slow and recent release of the data, we now know that many risks were known by the FDA, the CDC, and the manufacturers, but not made available to our loved ones when the vaccine was presented to the public. To me, consequently, a great many people had a false sense of security when getting vaccines and boosters. The result has been lifelong and potential shortened life expectancy, as well as many fatalities like my husband. Ironically, despite the fact that these risks have been revealed, there has been no formal acknowledgement from our government or the manufacturers. If anything, they seem to be pushing the vaccines more to an unsuspecting public. The exact opposite, interestingly, is happening in Europe. There are some countries that have reviewed the released data and have begun to question the performance of the vaccine. Denmark, England, and Norway, for example. Our government needs to step, step up to a similar level of honesty. And your hope is that enough stories like this getting out to enough people will create uh, a ground groundswell of support for that effort. It, no, you know, there, the media doesn't pick up anything. Uh, nobody knows about it. It's just, it's, it's shrouded in secrecy. You know, there's so many people that have been so hurt and thank God for React 19. I wouldn't have known. You know, I didn't realize, um, you know, I did my own searching on the VAERS, you know, data, but, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's like a minefield to try to go through that. So, yes, I, I, I you know, accountability and awareness, it has to happen. Yeah. A hundred percent concur. And that's why we do this podcast. And, and, and what I'll tell you and, and people listening to the show have probably heard me say this to other guests, uh, but I'll say it again, because I think it's really important. The way that this information has been handled um, by mass media, by social media, um, by everyone from YouTube to Facebook and, and every newspaper and news outlet you can imagine, other than really the independent ones, um, yeah. it's been 
you know, deemed as misinformation. It's been censored. It's been uh, uh, twisted to say things that aren't true. Uh, there's been all kinds of things that have happened, but this is, and then we've all been shoved into our own little echo chambers. And so people like yourself, Liz, I think, and certainly people like me who've been talking about this for a couple of years now, oftentimes I think are made to feel isolated and alone. Like this happened, you know, we have this information, but nobody else knows. And what I believe is that there are millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans and, and people across the world that do know that this is happening, that know that it's happened. There are a lot of people that that became aware, thank God, prior to the vaccine rollouts and chose not to get it. Um, and so what I believe really just needs to happen is I believe we need to get to the point where the, the group of people, the awareness uh, level in this country is so high that it literally can't be ignored anymore. And I really believe that we're knocking on that door right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and so I, I, I'm in no mood to give up uh, this fight and uh, don't believe that, uh, I believe if we did give up this fight at this point and stop having these conversations, we'd be doing it uh, when we're on the verge of, of victory. I believe that we can get there, we can get this message out to a, a wide group of people and frankly, a lot of people that need to hear it who've been at, up to this point ignoring it sheltered from it, whatever. Uh, but that, you know, once the, the right story touches that person's heart, uh, perhaps they'll become aware and, and do their own digging. So Agreed. I appreciate you doing your part in this very, very much. And not just on this podcast, but what you're doing with React 19, I think there's incredible value in it. So then the next question that comes, uh, on the heels of the one I just asked you then would be, um, what do you feel like the individual listening to the show right now wondering, okay, what can I do? What can I do to forward this message and get as many people out there to uh, be aware as possible? What would you suggest? Well, you know, I'd start by saying, don't stay, don't stay silent. If you or your loved ones or anyone, you know, became ill or passed away after the vaccine, you need to speak up. You know, there are organizations like React 19 that need to hear our stories. There's also politicians. You know, Governor Ron DeSantis is looking into the whole vaccine mm -hmm. rollout. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson. They have come to recognize the risks of these vaccines. I would think, you know, check with your local senators, your House of Representatives to understand what their positions are. And we owe it to our loved ones to be heard because in many cases they can't speak for themselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. And, and, and really that is the thing I think above everything else that can be done. Um, it's opening your mouth and telling, telling the story. And if, and if you don't have your own story, uh, you know, thank goodness, right. You weren't injured. A loved one wasn't injured or, or killed. Um, you've heard this story now, and you've probably, if you found this story, have heard others uh, before you came to this. Tell those stories, share those stories, share shows like this, share the links to React 19, uh, share uh, videos of you know from Rumble uh, that you can that you can't find on YouTube because of censorship uh, of uh, the Senator Ron Johnson hearings. Uh, you know these are all really powerful tools that we have to awaken uh, more people to the plight of people who've been damaged uh, by this, these vaccine rollouts. Um, the, 
I guess the last question I have for you then is it's a really challenging one because this is it's something that I've asked people and I have to ask it to you a little bit differently. Um, in the people who are injured and some of the people I've talked to are so severely injured, Liz, and you, you know, these stories, you've seen probably as much as this yeah. as I have, um, you know, young people in wheelchairs with feeding tubes, um, you know, older people who are uh, in and out of the hospital and every specialist you can imagine and aren't getting answers uh, or right. even acknowledgement. But Daniel's gone. And 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 he you know, we, we don't even have the opportunity to try to get him well again um, after six, just six, six short months after vaccination. He's not with us anymore. Is there is there cause for hope? uh, in, in what we're dealing with here? What, 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 what's your take on that? Um, you know, I, I think there's so much that needs to be done, you know, there, because the vaccine is still, you know, perceived as safe and effective. And, right. you know, I, I think, you know, to me, as you know, when I dig into things, you know, the VAERS reporting system, you know, it's, it's shrouded steep in secrecy. That's a reporting system for people like myself, you know, vaccine injured, people that lost a loved one for, you know, the research can be done from that, you know, adverse events could be looked into and seeing the cause, whether it's vaccine or not. And I feel like, you know, after what I went through with VAERS and the fact that they didn't, they're not publishing the fact that my husband passed away, you know, that's critical data. And I, it, it's infuriating that, you know, I get a condolence letter like that. That's not acceptable. So people don't know, I, you know, um, it's, uh, there should be a full release of the vaccine data from the trials and from the rollout. You know, that's like, had, there was, it's being slowly released, but no one knows about it, you know, unless you really dig in right. and find out. And until these things changes, you know, I, it's it's very disheartening. I I'd love to know how high up the collusion goes in our government that they thought to make this vaccine look good, because that's what has happened, and that needs to be they need to be exposed. Yeah, it's a, a all valid points. And if if you're listening and maybe you haven't been exposed to a lot of this information, you're a little bit new uh, learning about these things. Um, I would encourage you to just check out Open VAERS. It's O-P-E-N, Open, V-A-E-R-S, because it is Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. It's actually been around since the 80s. This is not, an, this is not a new system, but it's almost been overwhelmed in the last couple of years with the rollout of these vaccines. And there's more reports uh, from damage from th these vaccines than every other vaccine combined and all of the 40-ish years that this system's been in place. Uh, it's just openbears.com. All the information is right there. Um, and while some things, and, and, and it's an absolute travesty, I don't know a better way to put it, that anything is hidden uh, within this system, but the stuff that isn't hidden is still incredibly compelling, just looking at the sheer number of reports. And I would highly encourage you to, to check that out if you're not aware. That's another thing that you can share uh, to people to perhaps open up uh, some awareness and some interest in trying to figure this stuff out. Liz, is there anything else that you'd like to leave 
um, our listeners today before I let you go? No, I, I just want to thank you for, you know, um, taking the time to do this and to get these stories told. Um, I, I just hope people listen to it and they start to understand that it's real. This, this is, it doesn't, you know, your political affiliation has nothing to do with it, whether you're a vaxxer or a non-vaxxer has nothing to do with it. It's affecting everybody and it's happening. And people need to understand that. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Liz, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Um, with each time that I do one of these episodes, I'm uh, maybe eventually I'll, I'll cease to be amazed, but I'm amazed at the strength and the courage and the resiliency of the people involved because what you've gone through, what you're going through is no small thing. I greatly appreciate you being willing to come out here and in a very uncomfortable platform and tell a very uncomfortable story for the reasons that you're doing it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So that has been uh, Liz Brown talking about her husband, Daniel, and the experience that they had after two injections of the Pfizer vaccine. Thank you so much for listening to me. Please share this story uh, with anybody that you can. It's available in video on Rumble, audio on all the podcast apps, and we'd love to get the information out there. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Dearly Discarded Podcast. So after I was done discussing with Liz, uh, her um, husband and um, the, you know, her story, uh, she reached out and I wanted to add this little bit to the conversation because I think it's important. Her husband's condition was actually written up in the British Medical Journal, which actually is one of the most bold, I guess, of medical journals and actually telling some truth about a lot of the things that have been going on. And uh, his HLH, which is hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis, which is why they call it HLH, my goodness, was written up in the British Medical Journal, and it directly correlated his condition with the COVID-19 vaccination. And that, I think, is a really, really important thing, because as we've discussed many times on Dearly Discarded Podcast, these cases are not often directly correlated to the vaccine by the medical professionals who are seeing these patients. In many cases, they're looking everywhere but the vaccine and really just not willing to admit that the vaccine could potentially cause harm. But the British Medical Journal, which is a professional medical journal, highly revered, does specifically correlate HLH, in the case of Liz's husband, to the COVID-19 vaccination. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React.
Act 19 need your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. Your donation is tax deductible, and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information, or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text. 